0: Hi, this is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and welcome to the top nine most popular Breaking Money Silence podcast voted by you, our listeners. And number eight is Louis Ray. He is the founder of Investing You, and during this show, we talk about positive psychology and generational differences, and we really try to answer the question, are millennials smarter than their parents? So take a listen
1: you can live your life retired. Retired is about doing what you want to do, aligning those things you do along what you're good at and what you enjoy and what you value, and and making sure that you don't let the hustle and bustle of things just carry you away.
2: Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen.
0: I am really thrilled to have Louie Ray from Investing You joining the Breaking Money Silence podcast today. Uh, welcome, Louie.
1: Thank you, Kathleen. Thanks for asking me to be a guest today.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested in what you are studying and what are you offering in the financial space and just want the listeners to know a little bit about who you are to give us some context to our conversation. So can you tell me just a little bit about your background and also just at a high level about investing you?
1: Sure. I spent uh, most of my time as a um, Uh, financial planner and wealth manager, wealth advisor for many years. I was a um, later uh, corporate executive, a partner with a large uh, investment firm in the United States, and uh, retired from that position, left to start a uh, program that uh, really focuses in on the connection between money and um, and life satisfaction, and a lot of my education and uh, further endeavors from that point forward have been tied to that area.
0: Yeah. And so the the idea of, in the work that you've done in positive psychology and connecting money to values really fits with what uh, we talk about here on Breaking Money Silence. So that's what I really wanted to delve into today because, you know, previously we haven't talked much about positive psychology, what that is and how that intersects with our relationship with money. So can you tell me a little bit about, What positive psychology is and how it can be used to improve somebody's relationship with money?
1: Yeah, I think in its simplest form, if we were going to use a numerical scale, and we looked at psychology as a whole, in the past, psychology was solely focused on helping people get better, people that were not functioning well. So if you look at it in a numerical scale, let's just call it normal psychological endeavors that we're familiar with focuses on the important job of moving someone from, let's say a negative five as a baseline to a, to a zero, which is a normally functioning baseline. Positive psychology, which has um, probably came, came out uh, mostly in the late 90s and has really grown significantly since then, looks at and focuses on how would we move someone who's already normally functioning psychologically from a zero set point, let's say, to a plus five and what can we do? What do we know is out there? What's been studied, what's been proven and that's where it spends most of its time.
0: And so I know you've applied the positive psychology tenets to money, money psychology, investing and so tell me a little bit about how you made that leap from this field of positive psychology to applying it to money.
1: My whole aspiration was always around the application of money. I just happened to find positive psychology as an an outstanding outstanding science that gave validity and and structure to what my passion was. So I guess I started without going into too many details. And back when I mentioned I was in a corporate America in the finance area with a financial firm, I was put uh, kind of charged to create a new program. And the program that I created was centered around re-envisioning retirement at that time mm-hmm. and look at retirement, not just to get enough money, but what retirement should look like and how and how that money might be used strategically to give the best situation. So with that in mind, I, I guess um, positive psychology was just starting to come into focus at that time. And a friend of mine uh, actually said, Louie, you might want to check this out. So there was, a, uh, there was a gentleman, Martin Seligman, who's considered by many to be the founder of positive psychology. And at that time he was starting a um, an applied master's degree in positive psychology at the university of Pennsylvania. So I, and the applied was the key word as it turned out, what and he wanted people to apply positive psychology to several different disciplines. And so I applied under the discipline of finance and um, they were very interested in that because there was a lot of connection between the study of positive psychology and the role that money plays in creating the good life. And so you know, I was fortunate to be accepted in the very first class, very first master's program ever in positive psychology. And there some interesting people in there, which we'll save for another story, but uh, another time, but, but it was very, it turned out to be a perfect fit and really started to um, help my mind to expand into how positive psychology and finance is just meant for each other.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. That that uh, money and emotions connection. You know, it, it's interesting because my background prior to doing what I've been doing for the past decade or so has been in the field of psychology. And certainly for me, there was this transformation between, you know, seeing people as sick. And certainly there are some issues where people need to be Diagnosed, but also looking for the strength in everybody. Whether you had a mental illness or whether you were, you know, functioning and hit a bump in the road in terms of just life. And so, positive psychology, I think, does a lot of what I do in coaching of looking at what the strengths are and looking at what the values are and how can you pull for for the positive and for um, people building up their strengths. And so, you know, when you're thinking about from a generational standpoint, do you think that millennials more than any other generation are more focused on values and, and living according to kind of what their dreams are or what their, not goals, but what their values are than previous generations? Or maybe they just talk about it more and post it more on social media. I don't know.
1: Well, being a father of three millennials, you know, that's probably a little bit of both of that. But it is funny that you bring that up, Kathleen, because when we created, when we first started to create our whole program, we were focused on life transition more than anything, and looking at people, maybe divorcees, maybe empty nesters, maybe pre-retirees. But, it, but there's no question it was life tra- transitions that were a little more along the line of the lifespan. And as we started to give presentations and and, and do different uh, events, it would, it was really the millennials that seemed to first and foremost step up and say, this is really cool. This is how I kind of envision my financial future looking and moving forward. And I think the reason for that is that millennials are, you know, from an, from an early stage, they, they looked at what happened to their parents or their, you know, and they saw that that connection to the, the company line didn't always work out all that well. And sometimes for whatever reason, you know, dad was there and, and, and devoted or mom to the company, but then the company wasn't as devoted to them When it came down to the end, when when it was really important to finalize the touches of that retirement plan or whatever it may be. Mm. And I I think millennials got a sour taste on that. And maybe, you know, maybe in a right way, that's one thing. But I do believe that they're just, they're more connected with their values. And so I, yes, the things that we do in our company, which is called Invest in You, it really lends itself to someone who wants to discover themselves, their values, and then apply their money toward that. And millennials, are, or whether it be generation X or whatever it may be, they really, you know, we, as baby boomers, I'm a baby boomer, and it was really kind of an event, retirement, or I'm going to get to this point where I have this much money that I can start living and start doing this or that. And with millennials, it's been more, no, I want to live that way right from the beginning. And, and, and it's not always, I want to live high on the hog, and not, not, in the, not, not at all, in fact, Millennials, in some regards, they spend less time on things like big, fancy homes than, than we did, you know, and, and more they're, they're more in tune with those things that really drive well-being, like experiences and, and, and connection to values, friends, relationships. So, yes, this does connect well with millennials because most are saying, I want to I start now on my living and I want it to continue to grow. Throughout my lifetime, not work continuously for the company, and then hope that it all lands at age whatever, 62, whatever that might be, and to where I start living then the, the retirement life at that point. It's not it's not the same vision that the millennials have, and I think that values-based, strengths-based approaches, which are very much in kind of threaded into what positive psychology is all about, it fits quite well with millennials.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I was just saying, because we I did an interview uh, about millennials and are they entitled? And it was very interesting. That was kind of a myth that was bust open. And it's really like they're entitled to what they believe and what they want and how values are, and experiences are really important. And as an older Gen Xer, like you couldn't be any older and still be a Gen Xer is where I am, I'm right on the cusp. And Mm -hmm. I was brought up with the exact same version of retirement. And so um, now, that I'm at this place in my life, my husband and I joke because we're still, you know, far off from the traditional retirement, but we're practicing retirement and living it, you know, day in. And, and it really, I think the millennials are onto something, quite frankly. It, yeah. it makes and, you feel much happier. You know where your money's going towards what's important to you. And, and I know you do a lot of work um, in that area of, of helping people kind of put those two things together.
1: Yeah. And to, and to the point that you brought up, I tell a lot of uh, folks, and that I that I speak with, and I, I uh, coach a lot of financial advisors in this regards. That you know, clients want your client may want to get to a point of being retired, and into what you said, you and your husband, you can live your life retired. Retired is about doing what you want to do, aligning those things you do along what you're good at and what you enjoy and what you value. And, and, and making sure that you don't let the hustle and bustle of things just carry you away. So a lot of times, even, you know, a person may be in their 60s and still working. To one person, that may sound like drudgery. Why would they ever want to do that? And to another person, it might be a, a part of a perfect life design. So I think that retirement, it has to be categorized by what it means to each person.
0: Yeah and, and and so I do a lot of work around the human side of finance which is similar to what you're doing and really being able to individualize if you're a financial advisor being able to individualize those conversations and I know often what ends up happening is time and it seems like the tool Investing You really helps advisors with the time for people who are listening in that aren't advisors I do also think it's very helpful because it's going to allow you to connect very quickly with what your values are and what's important to you. Now let's take a short break. I am so excited to tell you about my new online course, Negotiating Your Fees with Confidence. If you are someone who avoids talking about money with your clients at all costs, This online course is for you. You will learn the skills to master your negotiation mindset so you can clearly and confidently communicate your fees to your prospects, your clients, and your colleagues. You will walk away with five steps to become a better negotiator. And at the completion of this online course, you'll have an opportunity to do a one-on-one coaching session with me. So I hope you sign up for negotiating your fees with confidence. Simply go to breakingmoneysilence.com backslash negotiating and sign up today. Let's get back to the episode. And so I wanna talk a little bit later about how we can use this tool to break money silence and facilitate the conversations, uh, Louie. But I, I think it's a good point to talk a little bit about the tool. I had an opportunity to go through and take the tool. And I gotta tell you, it was very easy to do. It was pretty quick and it really validated you know, what I thought was important. Now, I don't have my report in front of me, um, so don't quiz me or anything, um, but tell me a little bit or tell the audience a little bit about, you know, the tool and how it's used by a consumer um, through, you know, an advisor's office.
1: Well, before I do that, just, just why do we have these types of tools? So some of the, tenet, the real tenets of positive psychology, what do, let's just say, happier people or more joyful people do more often, than those who have been uh, shown maybe not to be in quite that, that type of a position. And so there are, if you go back to the, and this is why we created a strengths and values uh, tool to begin with. If you go back to the science of, uh, of happiness, all the way back to Aristotle, who was probably one of the earliest, if not the earliest um, person who really kind of thought about this and wrote about it, Aristotle, William James, another one, Carl Rogers and, you know, self-actualization and, and, and all the way to today's uh, President Scholars. There's, there, are really, there are four things that, that continuously, the research all the way through, came up with that survived every single situation that happier people do more often in their lives. And, and one of them is they have, they have healthy social relationships. So, you know, they don't, have, they don't necessarily have to have a ton of friends, but the ones they have, they, they have healthy relationships. They have connections to something larger than self. In fact, this is one of the very biggest. Um, Laura King, who's a researcher here, she's kind of a renowned researcher, University of Missouri. And she states that uh, that, that uh, the link between well-being and volunteerism is so clear that people should quit reading self-help books. Helping <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, start helping people, you know, it's, it's, uh, rather than reading about it. And uh, the other one is intentional activities that fit the person. And this is really where strengths and values become important. So intentional activities would be, you know, help, ha, people that are happier, they don't, things don't just happen to them. They they are intentional about those things that they choose to do. And if you look at intentional activities, the last one is that um, um, those individuals that are typically happier, they are connected better to their strengths and values. And so if you're going to look at intentional activities, for instance, which is a wonderful thing to start to think about when you start thinking about your financial plan, it's best to look at them through the lens of what am I good at and what do I enjoy? What, what resonates with me. So what we do, that's one of the reasons why we've created not just a open-ended question format where it's basically tell me what you tell me what I ask you and I'll tell you what you just told me, but it's more of a discovery, yes, what's called a psychometric test. And so, yeah, I mean, not to get too much into our details, but we've created a psychometric test and a values test psychometrically that measures those strengths and values that really would not necessarily would point toward what I should do in an organization, should I be a doctor or a lawyer, but more toward what are those activities or intentional activities that would give me the most fulfillment and connect the most with me. And Because from there, we believe, and we do build, we then build, stuff. In some many of those cases, there's some financial component to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we build financial goals around those things, but we do it more in a discovery process.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I love that I got to do the tool. I, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I'm a psychology person, and I love all this kind of stuff. Um, but I also, when I was doing it, really took it from the the standpoint of. One, how could this be helpful to the financial advisors that I work with? Two, how could this be helpful to the consumers? And also, what's the ease of use? And so I thought it was really interesting because I, I also was able, as you know, to have a little coaching session afterwards with one of your uh, staff members. And so, yeah. and And so, you know... I really enjoyed that process and I encourage people to seek this out if, if it's something that they're interested in. But most importantly, like, how do you think identifying your strengths and values and being intentional a- around your activities can help you in? Like, can you use that to engage in a meaningful financial conversation? You know, is there a way in which either the tool can help with that or just the, the act of figuring out what's important to me can help with that?
1: Okay. So there's are several areas that it could help and I'm not going to go into all of them. You know, obviously know your customer better, have your, and you as the, as the individual investor, know, know where, what it, what's, it, what it's, what's it all about? What are we tying this money to, which is always so important. There's two important things to grow the money, but also to connect the money. So too often we spend our time on growing the money and not enough time on connecting the money, which really the research says the ROI, if you will, on, on money itself is not that good. The ROI on connecting money properly is outstanding. So I'm not one to profess to say that money doesn't buy happiness. You know, I'll take the money if you're going to give it to me. But you have to be careful. You have to know how to spend it. You have to know when to, what to spend it on and what what types of things lead to better lifestyles so one of the things that I think having a process for how you invest your money which I, which is really kind of the move of the future, I believe in financial planning, one of the things is is the research around hope so if we can create hope, hope is a sustaining thing so it's not hopelessness it's not hope from the standpoint of we 're doomed but more our own individual hope and excitement, okay? And so the, there's researchers that have studied if we're hopeful about something in our future and what that means and how that resonates with us. And so, and as it turns out, there's two things that are important, what's called agencies and pathways. And the agency says, do I have the capability to do what I'm hopeful to do? If I'm hopeful to be a major league baseball player, but I can't make my little league team. Well, you know, I don't really have that. And then secondly, the pathway. So the pathway says, if it's lining up with my agency, how do I start to create pathways that I can see myself going down, that this is gonna happen? So as, a, as an investor, as an individual, we would be well served to start to create kind of our hope chest, all right? Like young girls would do. And our hope chest would be aligned with our financial plan. I want to experience the Eastern European countries and the culture at, in, in 10 years. I want to own a sailboat in five years. I want to take my kids on a um, whatever it may be, fill in the blank. And start. if we can start to create the agencies and pathways, which we can, the research actually shows that many people get more enjoyment out of knowing it's coming than actually participating in, in it. So, there's three ways that you can get enjoyment out of your hope. One is an anticip- anticipation that think of a think of a vacation as you're going on. Unfortunately, with our situation, not many of us have vacations planned. Right, right. They've been canceled, but they will come back. And if you have a vacation plan, you get a lot of excitement once you have the vacation planned, as opposed to saying someday I want to go to Hawaii, that doesn't do a lot for you. But if you know you're going to Hawaii, by golly, and you're going on November the 1st, and you're going with your husband, and you know where you're staying, you're starting to create, and you know what it's going to take financially, and you're putting money aside, that the positive flow that comes out of that for your overall joy and happiness really starts to populate. And you use that throughout the summer as as motivation.
0: As you're talking, one of the things I'm thinking about is what a great way to have a conversation. I mean, you could even, I think in general, without your tool, you can identify what's important to you, uh, have a fun couple's conversation or family's conversation about what's fun. The other thing that I'm imagining, imagining is that you could have, like my husband, Brian, could take in investing you test. I could take it. And then you could talk about that test together. Um, so I think there's a lot of different ways in which it can be useful. So what's one of your core values or something that you're identified as is important to you? And I'll share one thing that's important. Actually, to
1: Kathleen, if you really want to know, <laughs> kind of I do. That's, yeah. it might be a little bit creepy, but when I was looking at yours, yours is very similar to mine. Really? Is that why we get along so well? I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, this is like a reflection of myself here in <laughs> a lot of ways. So only nature. Nature's not as high. You are one nature girl and physical activities are very high on mine. Accomplishment, learning, creativity. My top strengths is I'm a communicator and I'm also a uh, inspirer. It's also two of the five of your top <laughs> strengths. That's kind of, kind of bizarre, isn't it?
0: It is bizarre, but it also makes sense why we're breaking money silence today and why we both believe in this positive psychology and, um, you know, really the next generation teaching us that uh, focusing on values, I think, is important and and experiences. And so where can people find out more about what you're up to, Louis, and to be able to uh, get more information about Investing
1: You? So you can go to investingyou.com. And, um, and you can, you can see everything that we're doing, where we're speaking. If you're an individual and you would like to have an advisor or find a financial planner that uses investing you, uh, if you want to email me at lewis.ray with the dot W R A Y at investing com, We can, depending on what area of the country you're in, we can uh, let you know who is, um, who uses our, our process for connecting money to life, and if you're an advisor and you'd like to um, go on our website investingyou.com and take and, and sign up with a person who's going to give you a live demo um, and how that might fit in your practice you can do that by just going on our website investingyoucom and clicking on sign up for a for a, for a demo
0: great you know what Louie I've really enjoyed our conversation, so thank you so much for breaking money silence with me today you
1: bet.